Hello and welcome back to the Body Talk podcast. I'm Alina Jenkins and this is a series where we look at all aspects of communication, whether that's delivering better presentations or developing your storytelling skills or perhaps dealing with conflict in the workplace. And something that we've not really touched on yet is hybrid working and hybrid meetings. And we've been helping our clients with this over the last few months. And they're saying to us, we're not too sure that we're doing this right. We're not very comfortable with this, particularly when it comes to hybrid meetings. People are saying, you know, the tech doesn't work. Uh, We're disengaged. People are disconnected. And perhaps people aren't having their voices heard because they feel excluded from the conversation. So we thought, how can we do this better? And we wanted to invite somebody on who knows all about that. And this is Dr. Nicola Millard. And she is Principal Innovation Partner at BT, where she's had a long and varied career. She came from the world of applied psychology and computer science, in which she has a PhD. And she's been involved in a number of firsts at BT, including implementing AI in their customer call centres and also the experiment around homeworking. She's an award-winning presenter. She's appeared on two TED Talks, countless panels at conferences and when she has time sometimes she appears on the BBC as well. Nicola welcome along. Wow thank you it's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) So what I wanted to ask you first I guess is is what is hybrid working or maybe the easier question is what isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> well, I think the, the problem at the moment is there's too many terms being thrown around. We've got hybrid working, smart working, flexible working, agile working, digital working. And I, I do they all mean the same thing? I think probably not. And I think the, the problem is that a lot of the hybrid conversations that I'm having, um, I work with uh, with UK corporates and, and public sector. Um, I think a lot of the, the, the debate tends to be, how many days should I be in an office? And that's probably not the right debate to have. And I always say, that my, I, I use an analogy. Um, my favourite hybrid on earth is the Zadonk. Um, now, the Zadonk is half zebra and half donkey. Uh, I can tell you that it doesn't wake up every morning going, am I a zebra or am I a donkey today? Because it's a different breed. And I think that's what we're looking at in, in hybrid. It, it is a different breed. If you want the technical definition, the pure hybrid model uh, effectively divorces us from both space and time. So it doesn't matter when you work. It doesn't matter where you work. And actually, the, the, I think that the quite valid thing that we need to concentrate on then is the work. So how is the work best done rather than how many days am I going to be in an office? So is it appropriate for me in the, uh, to be in the office? What's an office for? It's a very big question. So I think all of those things, we need to start to distill down and sort of say, how does the work work? And how does it work for the people? Uh, how does it work for the organisation? And actually, uh, how does it work for the planet as well? Because uh, we do have a climate crisis on our hands. So uh, let, let's try and make work sustainable uh, as well. Yeah, I think it's a really nice point to make. And, and I noticed something you wrote in your white paper around this subject, and it was from the World Economic Forum. And they said in 2025, work will be something you do, not where you go to. Now, 2025 isn't very far away. So that could be quite a big mindset shift for some companies to achieve in what, just, just under three years. Yeah, but I think we've had a big mindset shift, haven't we? we we've we've had to. Um, and mm. I mean, I've been working in the future of work world for probably, well, 
over 20 years, but uh, in the form that it is in at the moment for about 11. And I think we were already seeing changes. So there was a lot of talk about the digital workplace prior to the pandemic. As everyone has been saying, you know, what the pandemic has effectively done is just accelerate thinking probably b between three and five years. I also... All, all, I kind of say that it's almost the perfect time for a pandemic at the moment. If, if you look at the technology, for example, the the the, the three pillars of, of uh, I guess any any type of workplace has to be cloud collaboration and connectivity. And I think had we had a pandemic ten years ago, certainly we, we were experimenting with remote working over twenty years ago. The technology was there, but it was really quite clunky. Um, and actually, the technology is there now, and it has been probably for about the past three, three, four years. It's just that we haven't had the impetus of a crisis to drive us forward into thinking very differently. So I do think, yeah, I think we're starting to think about work and how can work be done better because we've learned that work can be done outside the four walls of an office. Yeah. If you're thinking about technology, where do you think the improvements need to be for companies to do this hybrid working? Because, you know, whatever happens, I know some, some companies are thinking, no, we're just going to go back to how we did it before. I don't think that's going to happen. Hybrid, hybrid is the future. So how can we help companies do the, do the tech better? Well, I'm not sure it's entirely a tech problem, but I think, um, so for example, I, I cite a number of horrible hybrids uh, that are going on. And one of the obvious ones is the fact that we, uh, we've got video fatigue going on at the moment. So people are blaming video and saying, you know, oh God, I, God, I always say I wake up in the morning with an impending sense of Zoom. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's basically, you know, we are, we've lifted and shifted this analog model of synchronous meetings into the digital world um, and that's resulted in many of us sitting on meetings all day in 30 to 60 minute chunks so I was even talking to a, a customer the other day that had measured that uh, their employees on average were spending eight seconds between meetings um, so you know that's not healthy and in fact Microsoft did some fantastic research on uh, what happens to the brain after you you know end up with a with a with a death by meeting day and you can literally see parts of the brain dying during the afternoon um so i think that the first thing is the technology has enabled a lot of this but it's the mindset of rethinking the ways that we work so there's a lot of talk at the moment around well the technology doesn't just enable synchronous communication meetings it also enables asynchronous communication so should we start to discuss how we split the workplace up into asynchronous and synchronous? So for synchronous, maybe we should have windows of opportunity for meetings that are maybe three, four hours long, not, you know, eight to eight. Um, so, uh, you know, have a window of an opportunity to actually do synchronous stuff, but then free a lot of asynchronous time up so that we can actually think about things, put things in writing. And uh, asynchronous cultures tend to be much more written cultures. So we discuss things. And then if you look at remote organizations how they tend to use asynchronous and synchronous is largely around you know when when it matters when you need real-time decision making when you need a discussion yeah come have a synchronous meeting but actually a lot of the rest of it could be done more asynchronously so that's got a profound implication in how we construct our days yes the technology is a factor and the video fatigue is real don't get me wrong um i think there are certainly some things that we're investigating at the moment around you know 
it's a bit weird seeing a mirror image of myself all day. It's a bit weird looking at my colleagues at an uncomfortably close distance. Um, there's all sorts of things that we can't necessarily pick up in terms of body language as well. But, um, yeah, I, I think actually the bigger problem is probably rethinking the ways that we actually collaborate and work together. Yeah, I, I think that's that something I really wanted to talk about as we just you know, touched on the tech. And as you say, tech is important, but that's not that's not the big picture. The big picture is around how we communicate. And it's so hard to do this in a hybrid way. And I think, as I mentioned at the beginning, is that whether it's a meeting or whether it's just a hybrid way of working, I think naturally at the moment, people are feeling left out. It's like there's conversations that are happening and I'm not involved in that. So how do you make sure or ensure that moving forward that everybody is is included i think the other implication for hybrid is that it's a digital first mindset um so when you have a, a workforce that isn't necessarily all going to be co-located together actually even if they're co-located together there's no guarantee that people will talk to each other but i think those side conversations have to be in written space rather than necessarily verbal space i think it's quite interesting we did a study a while back on teenagers and how they communicated and it was quite weird that they were doing this very instinctively so we kind of looked at them and went they're all together yet they're not talking to each other they're actually all on their phones but actually what they were having was an inclusive conversation because some of their friends weren't there so they were actually including the friends that weren't there on the conversation and i think that's that's one thing that we need to think about the big problem is uh, of course um, proximity bias our brains are kind of almost wired for proximity and um, it's very easy for us to communicate with people that we see and trust and on, on a daily basis um, I think it's much more difficult um, when you are separated out and the other implication of a hybrid model and by the way hybrid models are quite difficult um, uh, is it's got to be intentional it's got to be planned you've got to actually you know organize uh, got to think digital first you've got to articulate yourself in spaces that aren't necessarily the people that you are co-located with you need to include people in conversations and you can't just say hey in fact one of the most disturbing headlines in the past couple of months was in the wall street journal that said um, your boss's schedule and location is now your schedule and location no that's completely the wrong mindset um the boss's digital door should be open rather than necessarily understanding where your boss is so that you can go and locate yourself close to them and that's linked down to a paranoia that you know if, if they don't see me how do they know that i'm working um am i going to get my pass for promotion am i not going to get a good appraisal but if you make the work visible wherever it is that shouldn't be the case I was reading something and I have heard it from a few people who are, you know, how do we do hybrid better? And they came up with this, this lovely expression, which is if one person is virtual, everyone is virtual. And, and I absolutely understand the intention there. My only thought with that is that there are some people who really want to come back to the office. They really want to come back to the office and see everyone. Do they then want to sit on a Teams or a Zoom meeting all day? So whilst I, I think the intention is fantastic, I'm wondering if that is the right approach. I, I guess that's not what you're saying with like digital first, is just make sure that if you're having a hybrid meeting, that the digital people have are on that equal playing field with you. Yeah, I mean, it, there, there is that implication that uh, I mean, one of one of my customers uh, said it was all Zoom or all Room. Um, obviously, lots of other platforms are available. I keep using Zoom, but um, they rhyme. Frankly, that's that's the problem. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
it is true that if you have one person that's not there, you do need to include them. Therefore, it is a digital first meeting. Um, I think one of the things that we're tackling at the moment is, well, the, how do we optimize the office for that as well? So if you're going to be in an office, yes, you're going to be socializing about work. I've talked to a number of senior managers, uh, actually, who said, you know, when they're in the office, they clear their diary. Um, they just try and have meetings with people that are in the office. Um, so it's not always possible to do that. But if you are on a digital meeting where people are split, yes. I think the problem then is it's another horrible hybrid. Um, you've got to try and optimise the experience for everybody. And I, 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 we've all done hybrid meetings. And certainly if you're remote, sometimes it can be a little bit difficult. Again, proximity bias. You're forgotten about by the people in the room. And I actually had a meeting. It was a couple of months back now. I've been dining out on it ever since. So I think it was the worst meeting I've ever had. Uh, and it was a really interesting one because it was a hybrid meeting. There were six people in the room. There were about 26 of us, I think, online. So digital was, was actually a larger audience but the people in the room forgot us um so that was one problem we couldn't see them very well we couldn't hear them very well um they forgot we were there the moderator was in the room um the moderator also wasn't on chat and that's what was interesting about this meeting because it effectively split into two meetings so there was the meeting in the room and then there was the meeting online and that meeting online was predominantly co uh, conducted over chat now there wasn't anyone in the room that was looking at the chat so they weren't able to incorporate that conversation which is why I think we need to get much better I think moderation is one of the big ones and to be honest moderation of meetings has been a problem for a quite a long time um, I think it just gets even more complicated when you do have half the people in the room and half the people digital there are arguments as to how you do that you might want a moderator in the room and a moderator in digital and the two moderators to maybe work together um, but I do think actually having everybody online as a default even if they haven't got their cameras on um, certainly the chat bit I think is the interesting bit that we're having these side conversations that would be rude if we were in a meeting room frankly you know if we were having the side conversations actually in the meeting we're able to do that in chat so I think you know there's a lot there that we need to start to play with and understand in terms of managing a, a hybrid meeting. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because it's easy to think that the people who are virtual always get excluded. But actually, you can exclude the people who are in the room if you're on chat and they aren't. So, gosh, it, it really it really is a, is a minefield. And also as well, I think going back to tech is if, you know, some big offices will have Zoom rooms, Teams rooms, those Teams enabled rooms, which are really good. You've got cameras which perhaps will zoom in on, on someone. What happens if you haven't got a Zoom room or a Teams room, can you do a hybrid meeting or is it is that perhaps still utopia? Yeah, I mean, I keep saying that some offices are going to resemble film sets, actually, in terms of, uh, of the way that they organise things in terms of lighting and sound and noise cancelling. Yeah, if you haven't got all of that, it's quite interesting. I mean, we did a lot of work around video versus audio in the past. Um, and there's there's actually some quite interesting academic work going on at the moment around audio and vi uh, uh, video. And it's quite interesting around complex tasks actually might benefit from audio only. So you don't necessarily need the, the, the visual component of that. And in fact, the visual component can be somewhat distracting because, again, I'm looking at an image of myself. I'm thinking, oh, my God, my eyebrows look weird um, instead of actually paying attention to the conversation that I'm supposed to be having. So we've actually seen that, you know, very good high quality 
quality audio um, can work really well. And when I say very good, high quality audio, uh, it needs to be good because if you've got, if that's your only channel, um, you know, it's got to be good. It's got to have noise cancelling technology. So if you're sitting in your car or on a train, you still need to be able to be seen, uh, to be heard um, effectively. So I think, you know, you can take it down to, to maybe audio only if you didn't don't necessarily want to be living your life on video. Um, and also there are some interesting differences between how introverts and extroverts use video. I am an introvert by nature. Uh, I must confess that video uh, was, has well, it still is fairly uncomfortable for me. Um, I, I am the person that tends to turn my camera off unless I'm speaking, really. Um, so I think, you know, we maybe overplay the visual component. There are really good use cases for video particularly if there's trust that needs to be built or a visual component to the task but actually if you haven't got video or you haven't got a, a, a setup audio might be just as good yeah I think that's a lovely point to make because I think we focus so much on the camera aspect but not always about how we sound so Absolutely. you know making making sure that we've got if, if you're in a virtual world making sure that actually you've, you've got a good microphone and equally if you're in if you're in the room not just one of those squawk boxes where you think sorry what were you saying I mean it's, it's all part of communication is it let's just let's just try and make this as easy as possible I wanted to go back to something that you were just mentioning before which was around moderators and actually like moderating a meeting has always been tough but I'm wondering if we should maybe just add on to that and talk about the role of, of a of a facilitator because to to try and do these hybrid meetings in a much better way I think not only do you have to moderate but you have to be a really good facilitator as well yeah absolutely I think it's quite interesting because uh the, the, there's been a lot of debate as to whether things like innovation can work in a virtual environment um and th there's been some quite again some interesting academic work in this field around the asynchronous synchronous piece and I think in terms of facilitation I think, again, we've lifted and shifted a lot of the brainstorming type models, uh, the post-it note models, um, into the virtual world without really thinking, is that the best way of doing it? And the evidence at the moment is that more ideas tend to be generated asynchronously than they do synchronously. Uh, synchronously is for discussing stuff. Again, the asynchronous thing is for the ideas. So we've seen more ideas be generated in an asynchronous environment than a synchronous environment. So I think, I mean, it's not going really down into the, the role of facilitation, but actually actually in terms of actually facilitating that kind of session where you would go oh yeah we can't be in a room but we'll have you know the, the sort of post-it note type scenario that might not be the best way of doing it so I think again going down to what I said right up front about hybrids we might need to reinvent the ways that we work actually to make hybrids work and that means that some of this stuff isn't going to work initially I keep predicting that we're going to see some really horrible hybrids coming in the next 18 months we're already seeing it but the thing is, no one knows. Um, we're, we're trying a big reinvention here. No one knows how this really does work. We're still at very early uh, stages. So I think a lot of the, the, the customers I'm working with at the moment are in that very experimental learning mindset. And I think that's absolutely right, because not everything is going to work in this model. We do need to rethink things uh, right down to the ways that we maybe generate ideas. So, yeah, I think... Um, it, our skill sets are going to need to shift a little bit uh, around both moderation, facilitation and indeed participation in some of this stuff. Yeah, I think that, that's an important thing to talk about, isn't it? Is, is if you are involved in the meeting, somebody else might be leading it or moderating or facilitating, but you need to participate as well. And that 
sometimes does actually mean you know, have your camera on because if, if somebody can see, if somebody can see you nodding, making eye contact, then they kind of feel that you're part of that meeting. And I understand why, you know, as, as we were saying, people don't always want to have their cameras on. It might not be appropriate, but actually I think we all have a role to play if you're going to try and make everybody feel included. Yeah, I mean, the cameras on off thing. I mean, pers- I mean, as I said, I struggle with video sometimes. So, uh, so I don't always turn my camera on. I think there's evidence there that, you know, you're paying attention. But are you? Because you might just be looking at your eyebrows. Um, so uh, so um, I think there is a temptation when you turn your camera off that, you know, there's are so many demands on our time. And this, again, is one of the problems with ha- juggling and multitasking is that frequently you go and do your email. But actually, that's more a problem with engagement than meeting. And I don't think the engagement in the meeting necessarily means you have to have the camera on. It just needs to be a meeting that's worth it. And and again, there are too many meetings that are not. I think Uh, you go to a meeting and think, why am I here? There's no agenda. And I don't agree with Elon Musk about much, but I do agree about his uh, his attitude to meetings. And he said, you know, if if you want me to be at a meeting, tell me why I should be there and give me an agenda. Uh, Otherwise, I'm probably not going to be at the meeting. And I actually, given that, you know, there is a temptation to just fill your days with meetings I've become a lot tougher in terms of okay why should I be at this meeting is it a meeting that I am going to be actively engaged in regardless of whether I have my camera on do I have an opinion on this uh, is it something I should go to or not and if the answer is no I'm not going to that meeting um, I'm going to do, do me- the many other things I need to be doing we talk about this a lot at Body Talk, actually, is is don't just tell people what's going to happen. Give them a reason why they should come. Give them really strong benefits. What are they going to get out of it? Because if you think, right, I'm going to get something out of this, you're much more likely to attend and also be involved because you want whatever it is that you're going to get out of it. Yeah. So, Nicola, just just before you go, if if you if you're thinking about hybrid meetings and you say, you know, you've had some horrible hybrid meetings, have you had some good ones and what made them good? What would be your tips, perhaps, for creating a really good, um, engaging hybrid meeting? I think, I mean, the role of the moderator is very important. I think also the role, I mean, the one I've had some good ones as well as bad ones over the past few weeks. I think firstly, when it was video on, um, the remote people being able to see the people in the room is a really big one. Um, I think the problem with a lot of room configurations is that often the camera's pointing towards a window so you can't see, you know, you can't see the people's faces, um, that maybe the, the sound isn't so good either. Um, actually, in the in the worst meeting I was at, the moderator was also, um, for some reason, had their back to the camera. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so this was not good. We, all we could see from the moderator, actually largely all we could see is either the back of their head, their nose or their chin. Um, so, you know, I think it's an awareness that people are out there. And I've done, I've had to present at hybrid meetings recently as well. So as a presenter, if you're in the physical room, just remember there's a camera there as well. So do look at the camera occasionally. Make sure you include that audience. If you say any questions, don't instantly go to the room uh, make sure that you, the people in the digital space are included as well so I think there's just it's just an awareness that you know if you're in the room that there are people digitally if you're digitally make sure that you're included and you can actually see the participants in the room and you can engage with them easily yeah and I'm also just really pleased to hear you say Nicholas that we are all still learning how to do this you know this yeah. is this is baby steps and we're probably going to make mistakes but eventually we'll work out the best way Nicola thank you so much for joining us on the podcast it's been it's a real a pleasure. pleasure thank you very much 
And thank you at home for listening. Do uh, come and find all our details on our website, ukbodytalk.com. And I'll be putting the links to Nicola's work and her white paper in the comments below. Take care. Bye-bye. 